Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888-933-93. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter if you'd like to participate in the show today. Uh, wow, do we have a lot of good stuff to tell you about. And some really mind-numbing stuff as well. Oh, I thought you were about to say mediocre. No, there's okay. nothing mediocre. I got a little worried there. Now we got okay. no media. Well, Jeffy's going to be here, so I can't say okay. that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of mediocre stuff. Ruin that, yeah. Mediocrity kicks off at about 6.30 with chewing the fat. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, darn it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Arthur Brooks is going to be here later, too. That's going to be awesome. Oh, okay. So that'll make up for some of the mediocrity. Yeah, capitalism is going to save Excellent. the world. Mm-hmm. Guy's progressive, too, right? That's what he says. That's what he says. I don't see it matching up, but maybe yeah, he can convince us. I don't either, oh, based on what I've seen uh, of him. But yeah, we'll talk to him about mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's kind of nice to have somebody on the progressive side defending capitalism. Yes. I'm okay with that. That's true. Yep. That's great. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, let me take 60 seconds to tell you about something really important. Could change your life. Could change your kid's life. Right now, there are 50 million kids attending America's crappy public schools. Now, not all of them are crappy, (laughs) but the vast majority are. (laughs) Yeah. They've been taken over by the left. We know that. Government indoctrination centers. They don't even hide it anymore. They made it really clear what their intention is. It's to indoctrinate this generation, the last generation. They're doing a great job of it. Uh, Plus... Real-world skills like reading, writing, arithmetic, and American history have been replaced with social justice, gender confusion, and test-driven instruction in the classroom, plus Common Core, which the goal there is to make their education as different from yours as possible. Why? So you can't relate to their homework. So you can't help them with their homework so that uh, they change, so that they're different from you. They have to depend on the teachers and... They don't get to get the help they need from the parents on this. Exactly. Well, thankfully, you have a choice. And that's why Freedom Project Academy was created. Freedom Project Academy is an accredited classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students in kindergarten through high school. People ask me all the time still, you guys still have your school? Uh, No, we actually don't. (laughs) Once our kids were gone for, I don't know, we kept it going for probably two Two years after all our kids had graduated, moved on to college. So five years total um, and just couldn't do it anymore. And so we don't have, but that's why there's Freedom Project Academy. It's an accredited, which our school was not, accredited classical online school. Freedom Project Academy has taken the interaction of the traditional classroom and created an online atmosphere where kids across the country are instructed by live teachers in small classes who teach students how to think, not what to think. So important. Go to Freedom for School, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com, all one word, of course, and request your free information packet today. Freedom for School. Dot com And don't forget to subscribe to their weekly podcast, The Dr. Duke Show, available on iTunes and everywhere you can get podcasts. Take back control of your kids' education. Know what they're being taught and be comfortable with what they're being taught. Freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Pat Gray, Unleashed. And welcome uh, 888 thirty three ninety three. 
Also, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Bernie not apologizing for being rich. <clears throat> Bernie talking about the estate tax. <sighs> That's enough to make your eyes bleed. We'll share that with you. Uh, then there's Buddha Judge. This guy's really rocketing up the charts, and it's starting to concern me. <laughs> he comes off as, oh, I'm just this uh, really nice guy with a really nice tone. Hear my tone? This is my tone. I don't raise my voice. I don't call people hateful things. I just have extremely radical ideas. But I present them in a uh, very non-threatening way. So, vote for me. That's essentially what he's all about. Uh, yeah, good packaging. Really good packaging. Really good. And he's young, and he's hip, and the kids are digging him. And so, uh, scary stuff. Also, Nancy Pelosi babbling about the election and childhood hunger. Talking about the importance of the 2018 midterm congressional elections. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi misrepresentative government data claiming one in five children in America goes to sleep hungry at night. I hate this statistic because it's a flat-out lie. You're telling me that 20% of America's children go to bed hungry every night in the United States of America. We Come on, use your noodle. You got to know that's not right. So she's been fact checked by fact factcheck.org, which is nice. Thank you. Not exactly a uh, conservative organization. They do say there's no precise measurement for childhood <laughs> hunger in the United States. So why is Food Network using it all the time? They're also doing the one. Really? They're on the one in five kick. Is and every time I'm screaming at that channel, uh-huh. every time they say it, it's not one in five. Going hungry. Is that one in five kids that maybe had a hunger pang one time in their life when they were no, nodding like, off to sleep? No, nothing for dinner every night. Oh, come on. That's nothing for dinner every night. Stop it. That doesn't happen. In, I mean, it does happen very rarely. You're about to hear how rarely. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it goes from one in five to somewhat less than that. Uh, but they do, they do admit there's no precise measurement, but the Census Bureau's most recent... Household Food Security Survey found that uh, there was 6.5 million children, or 8.8%. Okay, 8.8%, still probably too high. But they live in households uh, in which one or more child was food insecure. Now, food insecurity includes households with low food security, very low food security at any point, at any point, during the last 12 months. So this isn't every night you're going to bed hungry. Uh-huh. This is sometime in the last year. Maybe you haven't had enough food in the house. Like so, you need a grocery run? I mean, seriously, is that is that how low the definition goes here? Uh, it, it, it might be, yeah. It could be. Uh, it, it could also be people living in food deserts that uh, oh. the, the Obamas invented. Yep. And we haven't heard about it since. Why? Because there virtually aren't any real food deserts in the United States. Until 2006, low food security was known as food insecurity without hunger. Oh, without hunger. And very low food security was food insecurity with hunger. So here's the statistic from the Census Bureau, from the Department of Agriculture. Food, low, very low food security security among children 
was 0.8% in 2016. 0. So we go from 20% to less than 1%. And it was uh, 0.7% in 2015. Stop with the 1 in 5 statistic. It's a lie. It's just, it's a lie. Wow. And you've got the Speaker of the House throwing it around. Can you imagine in this country, if we really had one in five kids going hungry, you'd know about it. Yeah, that'd be an epidemic. Oh my gosh. And it would be, it, we'd be the laughing stock of the industrialized world. Yeah. Government to the rescue. We gotta. We can't have <clears throat> one in five American kids going to bed hungry. Yeah, one in five. But you know they love they love to break out uh, the panic and uh, and there's it's it's just clearly uh, provably false uh, and yet it's thrown around all the time. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is on the Food Network. I think it must be run by progressives and so so uh, pelosi was actually saying that right yes um, yeah so we gotta play that later that's good uh yes and we have her talking about uh <laughs> about the <laughs> districts that some of these freshman congressmen came from uh-huh and i think she might throw did she throws her own district into it as well i think uh, doesn't she because she's know. at the london here's what i hate about this stuff okay. when they start doing this overseas she's at the london school of economics and uh, if you're, she's not really bad mouthing America. That comes from others that we'll share with you. Um, former First Lady uh, Michelle Obama coming up in a few minutes. But uh, Nancy Pelosi was talking about the the uh, the voting block in these districts where people like AOC come from. Here's what she said. Well, let me say you're, you're referencing a comment because, and when we won this election. It wasn't in districts like mine or Alexandria's. However, wonder, I'm, I'm, she's a wonderful member of Congress. I think all of our colleagues will attest. No, they won't. But those are districts that are solidly Democratic. This glass of water would win with a D next to its name <laughs> in those districts. And not to, not to diminish the, the uh, uh, exuberance and the personality and the rest of Alexandria and the other members. But when I said three, they were talking about three that were getting a good deal of press on it. But the 43 districts, we won 43, net gain of 40, were right down the middle. Mainstream, um, hold the center victories. And if we're going to be helping Not one in five them. children in America who goes to street sleep hungry at night, oh, yeah, there lives is. in mm-hmm. poverty in our country, we have to win. Okay, so yes, she is spreading lies about America. In London. That's great. One in five, she's telling them. One in five children in America go hungry every night. I, okay. for, for the record, she did not throw her own district under the bus there as, as one of the uh, places where a glass of water um, could win with a D next to its name. That looked like it was clearly marked for AOC, Elon Omar, uh, Tlaib, and all of the radicals. That's where she was, in my opinion, I, she says the opposite, but uh, she greatly diminished their I victories. love it when liberals eat their own. Mm-hmm. I love it. And there is definitely a battle. Oh, yeah. An intra-Democrat party battle going on right now. She has no idea how to control the members of her own party, which is hysterical. And she hates the fact that they keep challenging her 
and her authority and her power. She doesn't want anybody challenging her power base. There, she's got no intention of ever stepping down. She, t- according to her, she's going to be Speaker of the House for life. Until she drops dead, she, is, she believes she's, she has some sort of claim, I think, some sort of right uh, to being Speaker of the House. <laughs> you just feel it. It just spills out of her when she speaks. So now that you've got these uh, upstarts challenging her a little bit, and the first day they're in office, they go walking through the Capitol building looking for her office so that they can, I don't know, hassle her. Yeah. She doesn't like that stuff. Jeffy just now <clears throat> sent me this tweet from Michael Moore, and he is quoting, you know, he's, he's got the, um, Michael Moore sends out the video of Nancy Pelosi talking about the leadership Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Congress and how uh, it's just five people, right? It's five people that that are crazy in my party trying to dismiss them. Yeah, and so Michael Moore says, "This is the this is mm-hmm. his tweet verbatim. White people, mm-hmm. nobody likes giving up power, and they never see the writing on the wall. The new day arrives, and no one has the heart to tell them that their old, tired, privileged ways are over." And it's Nancy Pelosi underneath there. So That's, Michael Moore, yeah, is uh, you know lining up behind AOC and the rest of them. Michael Moore. Nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you shut your fat trap? Okay, that's just a little aside yeah. there. And, but, uh, and, and last check, Michael, you're white. Well, quite quite pasty. Oh, he's white. self-loathing white, though. Oh, how he hates his whiteness. Uh, you talk about dyeing your skin. I bet he'd love to dye his skin darker. <laughs> he he is uh, he hates his people, his race. Uh, he. He hates America. It seems to me. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's just uh, he's just a fat lump of loathing. That's what he is. Oh, I like a that fat lump of loathe. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about uh, a weight loss product. As long as we're talking about fat loathes, lumps of loathe, uh, Riduzone can help you with that. I doubt that uh, Michael Moore will ever hear that announcement uh, because he wouldn't get anywhere near a broadcast like this. Uh, but Riduzone was launched by a local company who produced a ma- metabolite of olive oil. Why the olive oil? Because that contains OEA, and that's what they've extracted from it. It's the OEA in the Riduzone that speeds up your metabolism and helps you control your appetite so that you eat less, burn more fat, and thus lose weight. And then keep it off afterward. It's just a great product. Virtually everybody in this building is has used it or is using it, like Sarah Gonzalez, host of the News and Why It Matters. Um, she takes Riduzone, says it's so much easier to control her appetite because she's not thinking about food all day. Really important. For a short time, we still have 30% off if you go to Riduzone.com and use the promo code PAT. Just go to RIDUZONE, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, RIDUZONE.com, promo code PAT, for 30% off a three-month supply. Pat Gray Unleashed. Yes, uh, that's what this is. 888-900-3393. And at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, we've, we've got so much on AOC she, and uh, Michelle Obama and all of our favorites. An entire hit parade of favorites from favorite people. 
Uh, three things that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says we can impeach Donald Trump over. Oh, yeah. God, I've been waiting for this list. Right, because they're always saying Hit we need to it. impeach this guy, and I'm always saying, for what? What's his high crime and misdemeanor? Mm-hmm. Why don't you state something, at least? I know you don't like him. And she gave it the old college try, huh? She sure did. Okay. More than a try. I mean, listen to this it's effort. A, it picks up after, I think they've said, Russian collusion. Which which has already been that's already discounted. been thrown We're out done. there and and uh, and discounted. Yeah, so. uh, we had a two year investigation, spent about forty million dollars on it. Okay, so and they found zero collusion. But anyway, she so no uses on that. that. One. So let's go with it. With second one, second yeah. one's gonna be good. Here we, Here go. we go. I think two would be uh, collusion tax fraud. One. Tax fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we pause it there for number- a second, just so we can deal with tax fraud. Then we'll start it over again. So we got collusion, which has been completely discredited. There was no collusion. That is the one thing we know that they definitively said in the Mueller report, no collusion. They didn't completely discount, um, what was the other thing? Uh, obstruction. Mm-hmm. Obstruction was, eh, don't, maybe not, maybe so, whatever. We don't know. We don't have any evidence of it. But we suspect, or who knows, the whole report's going to come out tomorrow. It'll be... Uh, uh-huh. It's almost like Christmas morn. Yes. You know, when the full report comes out, gonna, the full redacted report. You're going to unwrap all of the oh, uh, man. black Sharpie marks? I am. See what's behind there? Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> Nothing uh. I like better than talking about the Mueller report. So <laughs> I hope we continue to talk about it for the next 20 years. Oh, we will. Good. Peep, somebody's going to. Good, because mm-hmm. that'll keep me happy mm-hmm. for a good long time. Uh, so, okay, collusion? Mm-hmm. No, but that's what she cites. And uh, and then tax fraud, which, what do you mean? Tax, where are you getting that? Where's your evidence? Show me. You can't just throw this stuff out about the president of the United States and just let it lay there. I'm sure there'll be a big investigation. We'll get to the bottom of that. Oh, so wrong. So that's just two of them, right? So there's two. So we need All a right, third so one. She's let's go back three. to the beginning. She's mentioned one, which is, which is collusion, Russian collusion. And then continue. I think two, two would be, would be. Uh, tax fraud. Yeah. Okay. Tax fraud. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. which you don't know anything number about. Number three. And number three. Um. Here it is. Here we go. Come on, hit us with mm-hmm. it. I mean, there's just there's just so much. <laughs> there's just so much. <laughs> Woo! There it is. Wait, that was it. And number three. There is just so much. Number three is there is just so much. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, number three is there's just so much. You can't argue with that. No, I'm, I, I'm not even going to attempt that. Uh, why would you? so much. I mean, that, that pretty much covers everything, right? That's kind of like, uh, you remember uh, former governor of Texas, uh, Governor Rick, Governor Goodhair, <laughs> when he was trying to name the three departments that he would like to see eliminated? Remember this? Uh, Take a look. It's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. <laughs> Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. Oh. EPA? Commerce, EPA. There education. Let's talk, let's talk deposition. Seriously? Um, is EPA what is, the one you were talking about? That was so no, great. Sir. You yeah. can't name the third one? The third agency mm-hmm. of government. Yeah. I, would, I would do away with the education, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the um, <laughs> commerce. I, I, commerce. Commerce. And let's and, see. Uh, let's Looking see. at his notes. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. That, Oops. So embarrassing for Oops. Rick Perry. Uh, 
Uh, oops. That was a fine moment uh, for him. Probably ended ended any hope he had. Yeah, I mean. Which it probably shouldn't because we all have those mind moments where it just goes away real quick. Yeah, in his defense, though, quote, there is just so much. You know, you can't remember all those. Actually, you could probably... He should have used the AOC <laughs> yeah. line. And number three is... There's just so much. There's just so much. There's just and actually, so much. you could just um, pick any federal department, and you would probably be fine, Rick. Probably just yes. Anything that came to mind. Yeah. Just go. Go with it. Uh let's see. Uh, education, uh, commerce, the Pentagon. No, not whoa, 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 bad answer. Okay, that's not bad the, answer there. I mean, you, you'll get some press time uh, uh, for that answer, <laughs> yeah, but you that's would. not going to help. Especially you. as a Republican. <laughs> so AOC, you boil it down. She had absolutely nothing. Three answers. She didn't have one. Russian collusion disproven. You don't know anything about its tax fraud. We don't have any evidence of that. And then there's just so much is not an answer, pumpkin. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for playing our game. We'll send you the home version. Well, no, I'm not even going to send you the home oh, version. Psychically, she doesn't deserve it. She just doesn't deserve it because that takes a lot out of you, and it you've got to pick and choose. You Thank know, you. The, the the people that deserve it, and yeah. she's not deserving of. I the appreciate you noticing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a, a lot, lot out of a you. lot of people. Don't realize how much energy it takes to psychically send a home version of the game. Mm-hmm. We got Yuri Gray over here. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Then <clears throat> we get to the wonderful former first lady with the incredible arms. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Have you seen her arms? Wait, today? <clears throat> no. It, yeah, because wow, uh, she it's been a while. Fabulous arms. I know. I love them. She took those arms uh, overseas, and uh, yeah, she did. And she's talking about the United States of America and what we're going through. Over now, this is what pisses me off. You're going. To another country, and you're bashing your own. Every time. Isn't that where the video for Nancy Pelosi came from? Yeah. And it's always overseas, yes. man. Yep. They want to look cool. Look, Cowards. Look, I, can, I can mock the greatest nation to ever exist. Aren't I cool? Uh-huh. Be my friend. And you're going to love it, of course, because you're an audience that is probably uh, filled with people who are skeptical of America, mm-hmm. jealous of America. Yeah, live in a country that is never going to be nearly as good as America. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that qualifies as every other nation <laughs> yes. so uh it doesn't matter where you go don't badmouth the united states Thank don't you. do it i mean if you want if you want to say it to our face here on our soil that's one thing saying it overseas really is really despicable and do they even care that there are cameras rolling that are gonna make their way back here i i, I don't know if they don't think about it i i don't know but and there used to be Almost a written rule, but it's sort of unwritten rule. Mm -hmm. But everybody knows it, and certainly every politician knows it. You don't badmouth the United States of America on foreign soil. And you know when this started, if I'm not mistaken, is Iraq. It became open season on Bush. Yeah. Because I remember there was a senator who went over there and was badmouthing the president 20 years ago. And now it's it's hip to do that. Do you remember Bernie Frank, who... uh, uh, whatever happened to him? I know he retired, but man, you didn't hear a peep out of him after he left office. Anyway, uh, was it Ahmad Ahmadinejad? It was, uh, yeah, it was. I think it was Iran's president Ahmadinejad who came to the UN and he was on our soil and he started bashing Bush. And even Bernie Frank stepped up and said, "Hey, 
Uh, you don't do that. You don't come here and start bad-mouthing our president. Barney Frank? Barney Frank. Okay. That's what it was. I don't remember that. Yeah, wow. Barney Frank did that. It was either, I'm pretty sure it was Frank rather than Wrangle. Mm. One of the two, but I'm pretty sure it was Barney Franks. Um, who said, don't don't come here and badmouth our president yeah, that's our on job. our soil. Yeah, and that's basically <laughs> what he said. Now, we'll do it. We've got our own disagreements, but don't you start doing it. Anyway, here's Michelle Obama badmouthing the United States on foreign soil. The former first lady and best-selling author Michelle Obama is taking a swipe at President Trump and also divorced dads. Listen to what she said to Stephen Colbert at an event in London about the current in state London. of America as she sees it. Mm-hmm. We come from a broken family. We're a teenager. We're, you know, we're a little unsettled and, you know. Uh, you know, no, I don't know. You know, having good parents, you know, you know is tough. You know. you know, sometimes you spend weekends with you know. divorced dad and that feels like it's fun, but then you get sick. That's what America's going through. We're kind of living with divorced dad. Right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring in Kate Bennett now to talk about but this. But listen so to Kate, this. Uh, we were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. It, you, you understand where she's going with this. Sure. But to, to make the analogy to divorced dads, for someone like Michelle Obama, is remarkably unwoke, to use a term that the kids use. Mm. Um, because it's not the 1950s. Yeah. And yeah. there are lots of divorced dads. Sure. I would venture to say most divorced dads who don't just have their kids on the weekend, mm-hmm. but have their kids as a major co-parent. Right. What's up with this? I I think it was a really big misstep on her part. I think there are a lot of analogies or labels or uh, metaphors one could use to describe the Donald Trump presidency, its effect on America, a lot of really effective ways to do that. I think, um, you know, attacking divorced dads in a way is probably not the way to go. 50% of marriages Mm -hmm. in America end in divorce, and many of those parents equally co-parent when they have kids. And uh, it's not the olden days, really, where dads would get the kid on the weekend and give them... She says, you know, give the kid candy, and and that feels fun for a while. It's not really like that anymore, and I think it shows um, Mm -hmm. a rare moment of being out of touch. A rare moment? You guys just don't pay attention (laughs) enough. Jeez. But think of how extraordinary that is for CNN to take exception to something the great Michelle Obama and her arms had to say. Now, they don't deal with the fact that she was on foreign soil. She was in London saying Mm -hmm. this. Uh, to try to build them up and tear us down. She don't, they, they don't deal with that. But at least they take on the divorced dad part of it. Yeah, that had to hurt them to actually form that sentence. I know. First of all, you're defending men. That never happens. Secondly, you're calling out something that Michelle Obama did that was wrong. Wow. Where were you 10 years ago? And would they say rare occasion? They had to have that caveat in there. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a rare occasion, rare occasion. where she's out of touch. Oh, I mean, please. <laughs> That's... That's amazing. Yeah. A little progress, maybe, for CNN there. Hmm. Don't uh, get your hopes up. No, I know. They, <laughs> they certainly hated to do that because it did involve bashing Trump, and that's what they do 24-7. Uh, but good for them. You know, give a little credit where credit is due. They did step up for dads, mm-hmm. at least, and took exception to something that uh, Mrs. Arms had to say. Pretty amazing. It's his arms. <laughs> just amazing stuff. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Chewing the fat with Jeffy, mm. and uh, we'll get into several important issues uh, on chewing the fat. 
You think so, right? really? Yeah, he's. I mean, I mean he's nodding his head right now. He's in the. It's not false advertising. And, and uh, oh boy, yeah, he's he's excited. You can tell. He wants to talk about them Chips Ahoy cookies. I bet. Hmm? Probably. Yeah, I got a recall to tell you about. Uh, all right, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. We all know the far left has crossed the line. Uh, they've crossed every line essentially, trying to silence conservatives. There's shadow bans on Twitter and Facebook. There's blocked ads on YouTube. There's restricted searches on Google. And uh, the removing of conservative apps from the Apple Store, like Greg Wrightstone's app on uh, climate change skepticism. So it's really time for us as conservatives to wake up. If you have AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, any of these major carriers, they are taking part of your monthly payments and they're giving it to organizations like Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and any organization that essentially fights against American values. But with veteran-led Patriot Mobile, it's America's only conservative cell phone company. Every phone call protects your constitutional rights. Every bill fights for your freedom. You get the same nationwide, reliable nationwide coverage you already have, and you know your hard-earned money is supporting conservative organizations like PTSD, PragerU, and others. Plans start as low as 25 bucks a month, so don't wait any longer. Call 1-800-APATRIOT, use the offer code BLAZE, or visit patriotmobile.com slash blaze, and they'll waive your activation fee. Join me and thousands of others by switching to Patriot Mobile today. patriotmobile.com slash blaze. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. And uh, Jeff Fisher is here with Chewing the Fat. Like you're just adding to the mediocrity of the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wow. Do you really do have just mediocre. That's what we predicted. Yeah. Really? And you do. Worked out. That worked <laughs> out nicely. Yeah, that worked out really well. well that's what I'm here yes. for. All right, good. That's mediocrity. what I'm here for. Uh, just to add to it with uh, Chewing the Fat, which you can subscribe to that podcast, uh, daily podcast, Chewing the Fat. If wherever. you're not getting enough mediocrity in your diet. In your life, you, this is it for you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Ecuador uh, says that uh, it's hit, been hit by 40 million cyber attacks since the Assange arrest. Uh-oh. Completely coincidental, I'm sure. They're oh, just yeah, you know it is. Completely coincidental. I wouldn't even worry. Congratulations to uh, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. No kidding. Uh, to becoming the uh, highest paid uh, football player in the NFL. You imagine they're paying him more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Tom Brady. $140 million with a record $65 million signing bonus. Bonus. That's crazy. That's nice. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a Take nice, that to the bank That's a nice payout. Sure is. Congratulations. And you're right with uh, more than Aaron's going to be a little bummed. He's going to be pissed. He, I know. And he... He takes that yes, stuff he does. seriously, <laughs> personally. Yes, he does. I, I mean, can't believe they're paying him more than me. Quarterback that went in the first round. <laughs> but 21st, know, but, but there not, were 20 people yeah, picked before him. the top 10. And he still whines uh, about I that. I know. So, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of was he's yeah, going to. Me he, too. He probably, Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's making probably more than Aaron. knocking Uh-oh. on the front office at Green Bay yeah, today. I know I just signed this last year, but I <laughs> This no, can't hold. I just can't hold. I <laughs> need more. This cannot be. And uh, Sony has unveiled a uh, way to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson, if you want, with their new 16K screen. 
Uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, it's 19.2 meters. Wait, weren't we just at 4K? Right? The big when deal was... We're at 4 and 5. 4. 4 and 5K. Right? And now this one is going to be their new 16K, which is uh, the size... Now, Wait, I don't, what, what did you say it was? I, you're how not going to be able to tell how, how big this is, Pat, but what? it's 19.2 meters. Oh, well, then nobody knows. 5.4 There's meters. no way to tell what that is. <laughs> like, is it like the size of a watch face? No, it, I mean, it, that could be half an inch. Or It could be 7,000 yards. I don't know how big that is. Nobody does. <laughs> There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Right. I mean, it could be... 63 feet long and 17 feet high. It could be that. That works. I need Wait, a new one. It could be that. 63 feet long. Yeah. And 17, 17 feet. feet high. What does what, that cost? With the 783 inches uh, diagonal. Uh, 783? <laughs> yeah. Diagonal. That's the size of a bus. Um, Double decker bus. Mm. Or a movie theater yeah. like IMAX. See, if, you, if you're watching Blaze Television, you see uh, oh. that'd, be, that'd be sweet. Now it's, it's, How far you know, back would you have to sit to watch that, though? Well, they're saying the way because of because it's so uh, large and their new system with the uh, one one thirty two point seven megapixels, duh, uh, you can walk right up to it and it'll be clear. Wow! So I mean, it's that's that's I, impressive, uh, very that's impressive, awesome. I, and I want it. I want. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> what does that cost? Well, I need it. Billion yeah, dollars? I don't think we have a price on that. You bad want it? Wow. I need it. <laughs> yeah. I watch football on a laptop practically. My poor situation. Uh, thanks for all your uh, support. Walmart out has television. I know, right? Pretty cheap, bro. Right. I, I, I appreciate all the support on Twitter. Uh, the, the the picture frames on my wall are larger than my TV. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> Just be sure to tag at Carrie Malinak and let her know how you feel. Well, thanks. the picture frames on the wall are cool. No. I love that. Don't that's encourage her, man. What my, is your deal? That's one of my favorite art pieces. Stop in, in bringing frames to that. my house. I, I love that. But on the other hand, I'm serious. You can Pete, or I mean, you can get a. You can, what, get a 47 40 inch, yeah, you can get a 47 inch. You can get a 50 inch. I know that it is possible. I mean, just stop speeding. You'd be able to afford it. <laughs> I don't want to sound like AOC, but mm-hmm. something is going on. I mean, with there's what? just so much. There's just so much. Oh, uh, with Donald Trump? There's just so much. No. Uh, oh. No. Oh, my gosh. But there is so much. There so is much. Something is going on because right now we've got 90 people sickened by salmonella as uh, recalls our pre cut melons sold in nine states. Uh, the Catco Foods are recalling watermelon, honeydew melon, cantaloupe, mixed fruit, uh, all pre-cut pieces. Why does this um, keep happening? I don't yeah, know. What? I do not know. All right, we have that recall. We have. I do not know. We have chewy chips ahoy. <laughs> wait, all right. Wait, now I'm hungry Pack- for donuts. <laughs> don't talk about cookies. I want donuts. Packages of chewy chips ahoy cookies sold at Walmart and other retailers <laughs> uh, are being recalled because of an unexpected solidified ingredient. Mmm. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, I'm not quite yes. sure what that is. Is that listed on the ingredients uh, label? Uh, <laughs> no, Unidentified, it, solidified no, ingredient. No, it is not. Uh, <laughs> they're they're saying, look, a majority of consumers have not reported adverse events, but a small number of consumers have reported gagging, choking, <laughs> dental injury. That's ah, don't worry about it. But nobody's died yet from it, have they? <laughs> no, not from that. Okay, well then, not from that. Deal with it. A little extra protein. But we also have a recall of uh, salmonella from a frozen tuna. Uh, recalled. Thirteen people in seven I'm states have been yeah, sick. I Gross. hate tuna. Really? Yeah, it's nasty. But then what about the frozen tuna? Though, no, is what they're talking about, no. not the that regular. Is, this is help frozen it, you know? tuna. No, thank you. <laughs> not fresh. I mean, not frozen. Not canned. No, really? No tuna. Now this is this is mostly uh, sold uh, to uh, food dishes sold by restaurants and retailers. So not really to consumers. So mm-hmm. maybe it's the tuna you ordered at the restaurant or. Mm-hmm. Is it possible okay. that... Not for me, no. <laughs> nope, not a problem. 
You know what I'm hankering for right now? Mm, so just tuna. a mess of tuna. You know, like a tuna. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's like that's a tuna melt. Time out. Don't you mean like a you tuna mean melt? Uh, frozen? No. You're for frozen tuna. Frozen. That's yeah, what yeah. I got a hankering yeah. for. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, we have uh, 90 new cases of measles reported in the U.S., uh, good, which is good, uh, good. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 and so far, we've got 555. Uh, cases in 2019 uh 90 additional cases uh in as of april 11th in new york washington california new jersey michigan which is all up uh mainly look it's coming from travelers returning from countries you know like israel ukraine philippines i mean we say uh hold up wait right there mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna put you in this room for a little while let's see if everything's okay first and that's not to mention the stuff that comes across the borders illegally from the south which they're checking on right now. Right. And, and look, they've already announced mandatory uh, mandatory shots in New York, right? And they're mm-hmm. saying that uh, in Rockland County, officials w- want to ban people infected with measles from public places up to 21 days. And if you go out in public, uh, they're going to give you a $2,000 violation. Do they think this is because of the... Uh, uh, the um, they're blaming it on the, the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, the vaccines. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people are afraid people. of well, the vaccine. Well, it's spreading, right? It's spreading because of there's more and more people that are not vaccinated. Yet. It's strange because at the beginning of that whole thing, which was, I don't know, I trace my recollection of it back to maybe the early 2000s. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was when it started, everybody started talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and that was when it was kind of a big deal. But then they've pretty well discredited all that by now and i know and yet there's so, still it's still a big anti-vax campaign man yeah it seems like it's picking up steam again sure is hmm. i know and uh but that's nothing because like i said something something is going on um we have uh, inmates at michigan's uh, women's uh, only prison mm-hmm. uh over 200 of them uh with a scabies outbreak that's all. scabies scabies outbreak that sounds fun uh, oh man it is fun. Now, you know that uh, the microscopic mites, they crawl under your skin, uh-huh. and they live there for months, and they burrow and lay eggs, and they're causing red and itchy rashes. Mm. Now, uh, wow. tell, tell some of these women at the prison like suffered very for knowledge eight months. Was I mean, scabies? they're starting to sue the, the state because the state was like, ah, they're fine. What do you do to get they're rid fine. of scabies? I mean, you got to clean everything out. you got to Hose it down. Personally, what I would do, burn the prison. <laughs> okay. Just move the prisoners, burn the prison. But how do you deal with them when they're in your body? Like, how yeah, do you, you have to clean, you you have to clean it? it? No, I never had scabies. I had other stuff, but the scabies never. <laughs> I had other stuff. The stuff that I had, they don't burrow into your skin. Oh, we can talk about that later. I, the, I uh, did not. <laughs> Man. Uh, you just have to, yeah, you, you just clean and wash everything and make sure, and then, and then you have to make sure that, uh, the itching. I mean, you crushed your skin yeah. right after a while. I mean, you, really, this is a great point. Women need to be in um, <clears throat> gloves and, uh, you know, like, I don't know, the kitchen gloves. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, she should be wearing those at all times. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, more scabies no, and infectious diseases coming up in just more a second. Diseases, I know. No. I'm going to let you get to it. But first, mm. got to tell you about uh, iTarget Pro. We have this uh, story about a planned attack on a family that was just thwarted by the son who was returning home with his mom. When he got there, chaos was happening inside the home. Three armed intruders ambushed the dad Wow! as he arrived from work and forced him inside. The armed suspects were hiding in the bushes when the father approached the home. Shortly after all this started, the son got home with his mom and another sibling in the vehicle. Once he realized something was wrong, he grabbed his gun 
and went after the armed suspects in an attempt to stop them from terrorizing the family. Good guy, the, the son, shot an intruder. The rest of them fled. Good guy with a gun wins again. Mm-hmm. Good. Then there was just a story about uh, just last night um, or this week sometime, some armed intruder kicked down a guy's door in broad daylight. It's like 530 in the afternoon. Fortunately, Amazing. the homeowner had a gun himself and nice. shot the guy dead. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to no, have to do that. No, yeah. you don't. I don't want the other person dead, but no, you have to protect yourself and your family. You made a really your... bad choice. Yes. yes. And they pay for that really bad choice if you have a gun and you're good with it. Well, that's where iTarget Pro comes in. It's completely safe to practice. You dry fire. You become really proficient with your weapon. It comes with your caliber-specific laser, a targeting system, and instructions. So it's the other thing. Well, there's many things. But first of all, it's less expensive because you're not buying a whole bunch of ammo. You're not paying range fees. Uh, Secondly, dry firing is a great way to get good and proficient with your gun. And it's fun. And this month, you can get 10% off plus free shipping when you use the offer code PAT to purchase the iTarget Pro system. The letter I, targetpro.com, offer code PAT for 10% off and free shipping. iTargetPro.com. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. All right. All right. Well, we still have uh, we still have some uh, one, one last thing that uh, to tell you about that something is going on. Uh, something is happening. There's just so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congo's uh, Ebola outbreak uh, might be declared a global emergency. Oh, uh, we're back to having a global yeah. emergency in the Congo again. You know what else is good about that story? Uh, Border Patrol has just caught. I think it was uh, it was seven people in the last few weeks, and then they caught another eight. So I think it's fifteen in about the last month. From the Congo. Oh, nice. All Congolese. And yeah. so now they're starting to check people for Ebola. Well, I mean, we've got the, the biggest outbreak is uh, Uganda, Rwanda, and South Sudan, uh, those borders. Oh. And so uh, it's the biggest, uh, second deadliest in history from the last one, the 2014-2016. Already. Wow. Already. And what's good is that 75% of the new Ebola cases have no obvious link to previous patients. Oh, good. Meaning that the officials have lost track of where the virus is spreading. Wonderful. So good. And what now, listen, a while again? ago. Popular vacations, hotspots that we're talking about? I know. Well, I've, I sold my timeshare in Uganda. Okay. I well, that's good. I, I, Just in time. I, I didn't want to. I mean, Uganda. That's beautiful, beautiful this time oh, of year. Do you have no idea? Is it? I mean, mm-hmm. I was going to say you have no idea, but obviously you do. Uh, I do. How beautiful it is. I do. Yeah. But a while Just ago, when the blood starts <laughs> oozing out of people's eyes, <laughs> you know, with their Ebola and random orifices. Yeah, really nice. thinking, man, really nice. am I happy to be here. <laughs> sure glad I got this timeshare. <laughs> now, we do have uh, a while ago here on uh, the Blaze television, radio, and podcast network a way for people to uh, keep themselves uh, clean and not catch Ebola. <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. This is really helpful. Pay attention to these tips. Keep away from eyes that bleed. Don't lick vomit off the street. And Good safety tip. I know tip. you don't want to die. So slowly back away from that infected guy. Stay in Ebola free. Stay in Ebola free. Don't eat that raw meat and see. We'll all be Ebola free. This is a class. Mm-hmm. 
Keep away from those sweaty sheets Keep away from this charge that secretes And if you want to call me your fear Put down that glass of diarrhea Stay in Ebola free Stay in Ebola free don't touch others' poop and pee, and we'll be Ebola free. Just wash your hands, and you will see we can be Ebola free. Nice. I mean, we should play that at the border. Yeah, we should for everyone. Yeah, that's a very helpful tips. Uh, have you ever heard of a bird called uh, a cassowary? Uh, I have never heard of a cassowary. I never heard of them. Wait, I hadn't either. So it's a cassowary. All right, they're uh, six feet tall. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can uh, run about uh, thirty miles an hour. Mm. They weigh about one hundred and thirty pounds. Look like emus or something. They do. uh, They're from that family. Do they fly? But they do not fly. Oh, okay. No, they do not fly. And uh, they're uh, killers. What? Uh, You have to have a special permit to have them. Mm. We had a guy in Florida. Had a permit. Here we go, Florida. He's in, right, right. He's in Florida. <laughs> He's got a permit. He's in his whatever cage they are kept in because you got to keep him in a serious cage because uh, they will attack you. And they did. He fell down. This bird attacks him. They call 911. They rush him to the hospital. Horrible. He dies. Oh, I mean, man. I know. The bird now, the killed bird, him? Yes. The bird, yes. <laughs> somebody really got killed yeah. by a bird? Yes. Wow. I mean, they are nasty. They have a, a four-inch dagger-like claw on oh. each foot. Oh. These dinosaurs? Yes. Jeez. And they, they kick you, and, I mean, they do you in, man. Uh, I don't even know why we allow these in the country. In fact, I don't even know why we allow these to be alive on the planet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, we can, I'd fight Pete all day on that. We need to end that. Yeah. Quickly. Wow. Now, we also had another man uh, in Florida uh, who is in jail now. Thank you. I feel safer now because he's in jail uh, because uh, he faces multiple charges of breaching the peace, misusing 911. He resisted an officer without violence. He's being charged with that. So I guess he said no loudly or something. (laughs) But he he threatened to destroy everyone with his army of turtles. Oh, no. So, I mean, really? you want to be careful in Florida, man. I don't know if you've ever seen an army of turtles, mm-hmm. but... I have not. I hear well, they're heroes in a half show. You don't want to face an army of turtles. And then we go to Ohio. Surprising it's not mm-hmm. in Florida. Police arrested a man. Are there still four dead there in Ohio? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this story, actually, no one died in this story. Oh, good. So, we're, we're fortunate in that. Uh, police arrested a man because uh, he a disorderly conduct complaint at a Perkins restaurant. Known for their pies. I'm a big fan of their pies. However, maybe these pies weren't good because this man pulled out his pet iguana from his shirt, swung it around by his tail, and threw it at the restaurant manager as a weapon. <laughs> wow, I wish there was a video of this. I know. So Pete has got to be a little hacked I, off oh about man, that. Oh, man, big time. Wow. Big time. But the thing is that he didn't even go after the – he didn't even go back for the iguana. He just left. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. Really strange. We live really in a weird strange. world. We sure do. Um, we sure do. And, and it's a world where, uh, you may not know this, but it's a world where your house can be stolen from you. And you don't even know about it. No thief has to show up at your house in order to do this. Because all of our uh, all of our titles are now stored online. 
where hackers have access. Uh, Last year, Manhattan District Attorney's Office released a grand jury report that said they'd received 2,000, 2,000 complaints of deed fraud, and almost all of them involved faulty notarization. It's so bad, the grand jury called it an epidemic. So what happens is criminals look for vulnerable properties. They scan obituaries. They pour through public records. And it can take as little as a forged deed to transfer ownership. And then once the ownership is transferred, it's almost impossible to reverse this situation. Uh, You can prevent this from happening to you, though. Please prevent this from happening by going to HomeTitleLock.com for pennies a day. Home Title Lock will put a barrier, a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, get registered, and when you do, they'll throw in a uh, free title scan and report that usually would be $100, but they'll give it to you just for signing up. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Don't allow your home to be stolen from you. What a nightmare. You just can't. HomeTitleLock.com. Thanks for being with us. 888-933-93. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Let me just take a minute and tell you about Mercury Real Estate. If you're relocating to a new area, you need Mercury Real Estate. Or as we like to call it, realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to get your home sold for the right amount of money. And uh, in the right amount of time. This was started because uh, Glenn and Tanya suffered through some bad realtors. And so they decided to look into what it would take to help people find really good agents. And they found three things that are really, really key. Selling and buying a home is really complicated. It's hard to navigate. So choosing agents with a long track record of performance is important. You can't have part-timer, inexperienced agents in this network. Because they all will tell you that they're, uh, I've, I've got experience. Sure. Yeah, but okay, experience. well, so how many homes have you sold? Well, uh, I, I, I'm almost about so to much. close so one. Much. Yeah, there's, <laughs> you could always go with the AOC explanation. Uh, the market value of your home also can't be done by an algorithm. It takes years of expertise to evaluate the market and to price your home to sell quickly for top dollar. The real estate agents I trust, uh, .com agents, are their experts in your area. Home sellers must genuinely like and get along with their realtor, too. So uh, it really helps when you're driving around with them or meeting them at certain places and spending all that time with them. You want to trust them. They're fans of the show just like you. So they do business like you. They share your values. Get moving with your home, either buying or selling or both if you're relocating. With realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray. All right. Also, some tweets here from Chris Jones. Perhaps we should start a GoFundMe page for Keith's new TV. Okay, yeah. Mm. Probably like that, wouldn't you? I got to check mm-hmm. on uh, how the speeding uh, GoFundMe is going. And right. just a refresher on that, that, that money's not going to my speeding ticket. It's going to help uh, Mercury One with uh, any number of disasters uh, going on. But uh, yeah, I got to get an update on that. Somebody set up a GoFundMe for me. From uh, Kool-Aid with a C. Why does Keith always have to call his wonderful wife out? 
all the time about his little TV situation. Isn't he the man of the house? Thank you. Come on. Now, Keith. Thank you. Right. Uh, I'd say in most things. Not with the TV. No. No? I'm not the man of the house with the TV. Are you the man of the house with anything? Not the man of the house with the um, with the Pinterest ideas that uh, end up mm-hmm. ruining the walls with the empty frames that Jeffy and Amber bring over. I not not the man I, there I, either. I, the, the empty frame artwork on the walls is really cool. That's cute. I'm glad, I'm glad you're encouraging it. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Wait, there's you've got frames up on the wall with nothing in them. Yeah, they're why? Because it looks great. Jeez. It's a great idea. Don't. In don't what do way? This. I don't understand. Definitely. Why would you do the that? The frames mm. are the artwork. Trying oh, to find my, a, I'm trying know. to find a picture for you, Pat. Uh, the frames are the artwork. Yeah. But you're on Mr. You're on Twitter okay. so much, Mr. Twitter. You know, you're just acting like you don't know what he's talking about. Right. Yes, I'm just playing a part here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of that so everyone can understand what we're talking about here. In the meantime, from Anthony John 171, if you take the <clears throat> unidentified solidified ingredients out of food, you take the fun out of the whole eating experience. <laughs> right. And dare I say, out of life. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, from Ark Builder's Pa, I just realized why Obama never fully went after the Second Amendment. Michelle loved the right to bear arms. Get it? Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank double you. entendre there. That's right. Be here all week. That's right. Good morning, everybody. So, uh, so bad. I mean, no, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yes. Took a while, but we got yeah. to it. <laughs> Studio audience still waking up early this uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it should have been. <laughs> or maybe it should not have been that. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, okay. We also have uh, this. The guy who used his iguana as a weapon. Unidentified solidified pathead <laughs> tweets. <laughs> uh, I see this man is strong in the ways of iguana foo. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Strong he is in Iguanafu. Hmm? Yes. Iguanafu. Yes. yes. No. 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 Wait, is yes. it? A... No. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Pick one. No. Pick one. Yes. No. no. <laughs> <clears throat> Too hard it is to pick just one. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so we got to get to this. Uh, 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 first of all, we've got some great stuff from Bernie. We've got uh, some great stuff from... Buddha judge we have uh so much to still get to and then arthur uh brooks, brooks yeah. is oh, coming no. up in about mm-hmm. a half an hour here to tell us about capitalism now he calls himself a progressive but defends capitalism that just kind of doesn't happen anymore goes against the grain a little bit uh yesterday uh, Buddha judge was talking about capitalism and democracy and, oh, I bet this is good. Yeah, it's, of course it's good. Our election it's, system, yeah. It's more than good. It's it's great. Because they were asking him about the radicals in the Democrat Party who are attacking capitalism now. Uh, here's his response. Well, I think the reason we're having this argument over socialism and capitalism is that capitalism mm-hmm. has let a lot of people down. I guess. Okay, yeah. Let's focus oh. on capitalism <laughs> letting people down. Capitalism doesn't let people down. Here we go. Uh, you can let yourself down in the system, um, but... How does, is there any system that actually helps every, that makes everyone flourish? There's just, there's no such thing. Well, he's Some people are not going to do well in capitalism. Everybody's not going to do well in communism and socialism. So 
why is there such a negative spin on capitalism? I don't know, but I'm sure that he's got a system he's going to explain to us oh, that's I'm going sure. to work, right? Of course. The, the what I'm not there system. to say is that it doesn't have to be so. I, I believe in democratic uh, capitalism, but the democratic, democratic part capitalism. is extremely important. Really is. We, I think uh, during this Cold War, uh-huh. There was this assumption that capitalism mm. and democracy were almost the same thing. That if you were for capitalism, you're also mm. for democracy. Mm. Right now, we actually see democracy and capitalism coming into tension. Mm. It was very alarming to hear uh, recently that uh, one of the president's economic advisors said that between capitalism mm. and democracy, he would choose capitalism. I would mm. say the reverse ought to be true. That's mm. alarming. Isn't that amazing? Ooh. Dude, democracy has never worked. <laughs> Not once. There's never been a democracy that's that's survived wait mob rule doesn't yeah. work no isn't that strange oh, that's alarming that's... that someone under the president of the united states would go for capitalism mm-hmm. tell you that, that's alarming <laughs> it's oh, alarming what? i know so bizarre uh again another buffoon that we have to remind we're not a democracy and between the two capitalism is is the one look at china a communist nation they've they've adopted this hybrid capitalism communism thing and at least that helped pull 400 million people out of abject poverty i would say that uh, capitalism is is helped billions flip flip that let's flip that let's turn that upside down a little bit on capitalism right but they don't they won't no way because they're all becoming socialists and they wow this movement to uh continue the falsehood that we're a democracy yeah and the democracy is 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 essential to us when we've never been one right and moving at a lightning speed sure is and they just keep harping it and that's why i keep harping we're not a democracy uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three also from that town hall the other day speaking of democracy and capitalism that was really good I mean, I I watched uh, the Bernie Sanders. Oh man, wasn't that good? I watched. Uh, Did you cheer? I watched some of it. Yeah, about <laughs> oh, as much as I could take. It was hard. Uh, it was really hard. Through. Really hard. Which is why I'm not playing it till today. I couldn't deal with it. At first. <laughs> I couldn't I mean, it was deal with it. Really hard. I mean, listen to some of this stuff from Bernie Sanders. Now you raise the issue. I am a millionaire. Well, actually, this year we had five hundred and sixty thousand dollars in income. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. And that money, in my case, my wife's case, it came from a book that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Pretty good book. You might want to read it. No. It's a bestseller. It sold all Sala. over the world, and Sala. we made money. So if anyone yeah, thinks wait a minute, that, isn't that, that I should apologize for writing a best-selling book, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. No. What you should apologize oh. for is being a pathetic hypocrite. Right. And condemning millionaires and billionaires when you are one. And... There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. And he's telling us that now. Right. And then he turns around and demonizes wealthy every day. Madness, man. He's been claiming the system is rigged for how long and that Americans can't attain success. Uh, that's what you should apologize you for. Take Just write a good book. Jeez. Wow. Uh, but there was much more. Oh. To your point and to Joe's point, your taxes do show that you're a millionaire. You did make a million in 2016, 2017. You're right, the 561 in 2018. But your marginal tax rate, tax rate was 26% because mm. of President yeah. Trump's tax cuts. So why not say, you know, I'm leading this revolution. I'm not going to take those. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and you hear him scoff? Yeah. How is that not a legitimate question? 
You hate these tax cuts. You said that they're dangerous. They're hurting America. Don't accept it then. Yeah. Why did you accept it? It's amazing. Come on. But there he... I am... Yeah. I paid the taxes that I owe. And by the way... Oh, and by the way... Yeah, that wasn't the question. No, it was not. And, by the way, uh, that's the answer that everyone gives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The world gives that. Even the people that you try to vilify. I thought you were better than that, Bernie. No, he's he's not. Oh, okay. No. But you got Donald Trump up here and ask him how much he pays in taxes. Okay. okay. I don't answer the question. I just deflect. Right. To someone else. And Donald Trump would answer the same way you did. Yeah. Uh, well, he I has. He I has. Uh, of course, I take every tax benefit that's available to me. Well, of yeah. course, you're going to. Just like you, Senator Sanders. That that's amazing. So you can't answer the question because nope. you know you're a hypocrite and you've been called out on being a selfish, stingy yep. hypocrite. And so the the only thing left to you is to deflect to Donald Trump because you know the audience is going to cheer for and that. And they sure do. And, and they, they, they uh, do. that's the thing that drives me insane. That audience oh, was hate that. maddening. Rather than bear saying we will, you should have been saying, this is not about Trump right now. This is Thank about you. you. Is that what I asked, um, sir? Donald Trump isn't bitching about millionaires and billionaires all the time like you do. Donald Trump knows that none of this stuff is the government's job. You think it is. So why don't you answer answer the question? We're awaiting you're doing that. Well, we'd love to have you. We would love we'll, to have we'll that question. Got him up there. And the president, I guess the president watches your network a little bit, right? <laughs> hey, President <laughs> Trump, my wife and I just released 10 years. Please do the same. Let the American people know how much we're doing. All right. But yeah, just, just to wrap question. that up. Yeah. You do spend a lot of time vilifying millionaires. No, I don't vilify. The fact that I think people who are doing phenomenally well right now, as you know, for 40 years, we have seen a shrinking Mm -hmm. middle class. You've got 40 million people living in poverty. And today, just so happens. Which, by the way, is a smaller percentage than probably at any time in world history. Uh, The middle class isn't shrinking because it's going to the lower class. The middle class is shrinking because it's going to the upper middle class and beyond. That's what's happened. If you look at the stats, they're not getting poorer. They're getting richer. (laughs) Don't worry about that, though. That funny little fact. Oh, this guy is such a buffoon. That the very wealthy are doing incredibly wealthy. It's not vilifying to say that people have a whole lot of money. In some cases, billions of dollars of wealth. So what? They should pay their fair share of taxes. What is the fair share, Bernie? That's where you stop. You're 26. In there. What, what? What is the fair share? They're already paying an effective tax rate of 40 percent at least. I'm, and I'm sure that they're. I'm sure that they pay what they owe. I think we're right. Yeah, exactly right. exactly right. We know what the fair share is under Jeez. Bernie Sanders because he pays what he owes. Right. He's obviously going to pay his fair share because he's. That's his mantra. It's madness, man. Listen to these people talk. Oh, and and the Koch brothers' fixation is. <laughs> It's a definite fixation. Ever going to get over that? Let that go. Calling out the Koch brothers every single day. What about Tom Steyer and your friends who are so left wing? Uh, Bill Gates, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Why don't you ever bring them up? No, Bernie just sits on his fat salary and does nothing but cast aspersions at others while helping himself. Become richer. Right. Well, Brett, a lot that's of, not vilifying. Yeah. Last question on this. The, a lot that's of millionaires and billionaires give a ton to charity. You gave 3.4%. Yeah. <laughs> My wife yeah. and I do give money uh, to charity. All right? Yeah, yes, he just do. pointed it out. 3.4%. Yes, 
And really, I mean, despicable. His, his answer, I mean, really, if you're Bernie Sanders, you should say, and I, and I told my wife not to give that money. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, because and, and the, uh, well, you, we believe that the government takes care of it, right? You know the only reason right. he gave anything, because his he was averaging about, uh, I think it was 0.4%. Uh, yeah, so over the last 10 years, it's like 33 <clears throat> or something like that. Uh, but there's been years that he's given less than 1%. So... He's preparing for his run for mm-hmm. for president because sure. yeah. he knows he's going to have to. He knows he's going to have to release his taxes, which he just did, and so there's got to be something there. But please, three percent of your income, and we're proud to do what we did. There are others. You're quite you're right. Proud? There are people. Gates Foundation do a phenomenal job. We do what we do. All right, I got a couple questions for you. What so we you, do. you recommended a, a wealth tax, seventy <laughs> percent wealth tax. No, actually, I didn't. That was seventy seventy-seven percent. No, I think another person. Well, no, it's you. No. It's him. No, I think another he's person. Talk, she's what? talking about the estate tax. Yes. Now he's not proposing, so far as I know. I don't think he's narrowed it down yet. Well, yeah, he did. He said fifty-two percent. I think for, for estate tax for an income even, tax. Oh, okay. The estate tax on billionaires is seventy-seven yeah. percent that he's uh, proposing. Wait, what's your number? What's my number? Well, I'll tell you number. what I think. Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think that in order to make sure, sure. that elderly people mm-hmm. do not continue to live in poverty, and you got 20% of elderly people trying to get by of thirteen dollars or $14,000 a year, you yeah. should raise that cap for people making $250,000 or more so we can make sure wow. that our parents can live out their lives in dignity. I'll tell you what. Okay. I mean, is that nice? Yeah, we all want our parents to live out their lives in dignity. However, our parents should have been planning for our parents. You know, there there is personal responsibility. And when you come to the end of your uh, employment days and you have nothing, that's not... That's not the fault of millionaires and billionaires. No. and That's the fault of the people who didn't plan. And the government, they're not the parents of your parents either. And I shouldn't be forced to subsidize your family's mistakes. I'm sorry. No, but all this stuff is all Mm touchy-feely. It's all emotional. And of course, we all want our parents to do well. You know who should take care of that then? If they didn't, their family. Yeah, Bernie should step up. Their family. I mean, we know he's got plenty of money, right? I mean, he sold that book. He made money. He hasn't been giving to charity, right? He wants Mm -hmm. to pay more. Um, If anything, you take care of your parents, Bernie. That's what You've got the money, man. That's how it's supposed to work. You turn to your family first. Well, first yourself. Then your family, then the church. The last stand is the government. It's supposed to be. What else I think? I think at a time when Wall Street is doing phenomenally well, and we have millions of young people who are deeply in debt for the crime of having gone to college, I believe we should pass a speculation tax well, that, on that's Wall fine, Street. But I'm asking- Wow, okay. Speculation so there's, there's another thing. Now, Wall Street needs to pay for your college education because you didn't, you didn't work through high school to earn oh, enough money wow. to go to college. You didn't plan either. And now that's the fault of Wall Street executives. This is madness. It's communist madness. It's Marxist wow. madness. There you go. It's despicable. It's anti-American. It's class warfare. Sure is. It's, it is definitely and, class warfare. And that warfare. is the... Dangerous thread in wow. all of these Democratic frontrunners for 2020. Jeez, you! First of all, <laughs> first of all, you don't have to go to an expensive college. You know, you want to go to college, go to a community college, go to a Votech, 
go to uh, an in-state university where it costs less. You don't have to go to Harvard and Yale. You You don't have to ring up a $200,000 bill to go to college. You don't have to do it. No, you do not. And I go back to to my dad that, you know, he, uh, and I know these days are over. I know I'm talking history that, you know, is not going to repeat itself. But, I mean, he uh, left college like three or four times because he was raising a family. He didn't have the money. And then he'd go back. He started taking classes again, and he finally, you know, it took him forever to graduate, but he ended up doing it yeah. on his own, on his own time with raising a family, had a job, paying <clears> for it, and then uh, it was just that's the way it was done. My brother did that. My brother worked his way uh, yeah. through high school, and then he got married at 19 years old. They're still married today, uh, and he worked uh, two jobs yeah. and went to college. He paid for his own way because my parents weren't. They, they weren't capable of, of paying for his college. And so he did. And, I mean, it was tough. Sure. But he made it work and got his master's degree oh. and became a successful teacher and coach. And, it, you know, it can happen. Yes, it can. In fact, that's how it used to be done. Now people just bitch about the fact, I've got debt. Well, yeah, because you didn't plan for it. You didn't work for it. So you went to college and got a degree that pays, you know, nothing. Right. I mean, there was my brother struggled so much that he had this old beat up car. I think he was going to Boise State at the time, and it was Christmas and cold. And uh, in Idaho and Montana, it uh, tends to get yeah. cold. And he really cold wanted tad. to come home for Christmas. And so he packed up his wife and their baby, their brand new baby, and uh, they drove from Boise to Helena, which is, I don't know. It's a good little piece. Yeah, it is. It's probably eight or nine hours. And they had a hole in the floorboard of their car. You just wrap up and it'll get warm, <laughs> They man. just wrapped up. The wrap heater up. didn't work. They did it anyway. They just they made it work. They wanted to be home work. for Christmas. Been you, there. you make it work. I've been there. You could literally mm-hmm. look through the car and see the ground underneath you. Why? Because he was poor. And he had to work two jobs to get through school yep. and support a family. I had to sell CDs to a record shop to put food on the table not too long ago. There We've you go. We've all been there, man. Yeah, we have. It's, I mean, it is. It's pathetic. Keith I just can't even to... put pictures in his frames. I mean, I don't have money to put pictures in frames. <laughs> right? you about the wealthy and how uh-huh. much higher you would make it. You said yeah, you, I, you I don't got, agree uh, with 70%. What would your number be? In the campaign in 2016, we talked about 52%. All right, so 52%. 52%. So would you be willing 52. to pay 52% on the money that you made? Oh, so. You can volunteer. You can send a check. Oh, you can volunteer, too. We have a... But you... no, She's not the one you. complaining. Bernie Sanders. She's not the one vilifying oh. millionaires and billionaires. I, That's this, so despicable. This is about. This is. I think that I, I probably didn't make it this far into the TV show. Yeah, probably because not. I was already. <laughs> That's not the question, sir. So outrageous. Let me take a minute to tell you about uh, Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens. Such great stuff. There's no excuse anymore to not be healthy and get vegetables in your diet, even if you hate them like I do, because. Uh, Field of Greens isn't some fly-by-night supplement or lab-created vitamin that kills your kidneys. It's every serving of Field of Greens is real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, antioxidant power, it'll boost your immune system, and it's pre- and probiotic. Real food. And uh, if it weren't for this real food, I would get zero vegetables in my diet. Wait, you wouldn't You wouldn't start a garden and no. throw kale out in the back? Yeah, my wife would, uh, but uh, but no. No, I would not. Go to BrickHousePat.com. You'll get 15% off your first order when you use the offer code PAT. It's BrickHousePat.com.
Gemischt. Welcome to it. 888-933-93. And Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Let me give you one piece of good news. Because yesterday we told you about, or maybe the day before, we told you about Laguna Beach and their police cars where they put the American flag decal. They just kind of spelled out Laguna Beach police in uh, uh, red, white, and blue with some stars in it. How hateful is that? What if you're not from this country? Right. Think of other wow. people. What you if know? you've What if you've offended somebody who you know shouldn't be here in the first place? But they still don't want to look at right. that. They don't want to look at that. Right, let's say they're 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 sleeping in an alley and the car drives by with the red, white, and blue on it. Can you imagine oh how gosh. that would make them feel? <laughs> I, I, no, I can't. <laughs> so it was too aggressive. Some some of the immigrants thought <laughs> too aggressive, and it was ah, it was offending them. And so, what is happening? Uh, the city council, Laguna Beach City Council, actually voted last night to whether or not it should be removed from all their police cars. Amazingly, they said no. Wow! They said no. In California, that is that is amazing. There's still maybe hope for humanity. No kidding. Is that incredible? I was blown away. I thought there's no way they're going to vote. I to mean, keep we it. need to they take did. another vote. <laughs> they probably will, and they probably. But for now, it they stays. Actually, made fantastic a reasonable choice. Laguna Beach keeping their American flag on their police cars. How them. about that? Good for them. Uh, Arthur Brooks coming up next. It's Pat Gray unleashed on the Blakes. Arthur Brooks is here. We'll get into that in uh, just a minute. Well, i got to tell you about Relief Factor. If you deal with uh, pain every day, and you, maybe you've even just accepted it, it's part of your life now, and eh, I'm going to have to deal with it, you don't need to do that. Uh, about 50 million people miss work due to pain, uh, and these Americans spend $2,000 a year to try to fight their pain off. 66% just expect to live with it the rest of their life. That's why there's Relief Factor right now, and... Just about everybody in this building uses Relief Factor, too. It's 100% drug-free, created by doctors, and they have a really good way to get started here and find out if this is going to work for you or not. They have a three-week quick start, and it's just $19.95. Order that. It's like a trial pack. Now, 70% of people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more. If it works for you, just order more. If it doesn't, you're done. You're just out $19.95. Join me and uh, get your life back with Relief Factor. A three-week quick start, just $19.95. If you're in pain, what do you have to lose? If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease pain, get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. Arthur Brooks, president of the American Enterprise Institute. You can find him online at AEI.org and at Arthur Brooks on Twitter, should you be so inclined, uh, joins us now. Arthur, welcome. Thank you, Pat. Great to be with you. Uh, Great to have you here. Now, you're in town to premiere your new movie, The Pursuit. Right. Which, um, it's about how capitalism is is what's going to save the world from poverty. Right. What has really saved billions of people people from abject poverty already exactly right and it will continue to do that but can you believe what has happened with 
uh, the perception of capitalism in the United States of America over the last 10 or 15 years? Yeah, no, this is something that happens every few years in the United States. We get a wave of interest in alternatives to the free enterprise system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing new about that. And it's an incredible opportunity every time. I'm so grateful to see that people are questioning the, a lot of the things about capitalism because we get to have this conversation. Look, 10 years ago when we weren't having this conversation, I couldn't talk about why free enterprise lifts people up from the margins of society. I mean, the only reason I'm in the movement is because I realized when I was in my 20s and I was a musician and I was sort of on the political left, that's which is neither here nor there. I got nothing against being on the left or the right. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I thought, you know, socialism is probably a pretty good idea. And I, st- I studied for the very first time. I recognized, I realized that two billion of my brothers and sisters have been pulled out of poverty since I was a kid. And I thought, what did that? And the answer is the American culture of free enterprise, entrepreneurship, globalization, free trade, property rights, that stuff spreading around the world. These are not desiccated ideas on how to start businesses. This is the difference between life and death for my brothers and sisters, man. That is the whole show. If I can have that conversation today because of a big debate, I'll take it all day long. That's so great. Um, and really powerful. How, uh, how do people on the left respond to to what you tell them, what you have to say? They say, well, look, if everybody actually just wanted to, to relieve poverty, then we could have a productive conversation. And I said, look, like I, I, I know people left, right, and center. I come from Seattle, Washington, and a family of artists and academics. What do you think their politics are? We all kind of want the same thing to help our brothers and sisters. The truth of the matter is you just have to be open-minded about the best way to get that done. So, so you know, when they say, oh, this is a new way of thinking about it, I say, well, this is the way to think about it. So my, my bigger goal is actually not just converting people on the left, it's converting people on the right to start talking about their values in the right way so that we can help more people. I, people forget that before Adam Smith wrote Wealth of Nations, he wrote... Uh, um, the theory of moral sentiments. Moral sentiments. 1759. Which is exactly what you're talking yeah. about. That yeah. capitalism has to be has to be enmeshed with morality. Yeah. You have to be good people. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, things can go wrong, but things go wrong in every system. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's it's always disparaged as if it it's just greed. And it's just everybody for themselves, and and that's how I think that they've uh, they've kind of turned around the perception. And it's been so disparaged. We've actually had experts, um, researchers, who have told us don't don't say capitalism because yeah. people don't respond well to that. Say free market or free enterprise because capitalism is not good. Yeah, yeah it's know. just so amazing that it's, it's come amazing. to that. But that's again, this is a huge opportunity for us. You know, the, it's it's astonishing when I talk to young people today and they say that they're against the system of capitalism. And then you talk about what actually capitalism has done or you present the alternative. You know, the, you're, you're exactly right when you say that mor- morals have to come before markets because morals mm-hmm. have to come before anything. Morals should come before breakfast. You know, we should, yes. we have to basically figure out who we are as people, that we want to lift other people up, that we want to earn our success, that we want to create dignity for everybody. And, you know, people who think that you get rid of capitalism, it will help people's hearts. They're fooling themselves. Man, I remember when I was a young man, I was, you know, I was playing in a, a symphony orchestra in Spain and I was touring all over Eastern Europe in, in 1989, right before the wall came down. I have never seen selfishness, you know, self-serving behavior, greed, egotism mm-hmm. like that you know the whole idea that it's my way and it's my stuff and i, I mean i've never seen this is so much worse than anything that i find in the west the truth of the matter is if our hearts aren't right everything will go wrong but if we love each other and we commit each other to solidarity and brotherhood then 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 market systems can make it that much better they can be an accelerant 
to the progress and the possibility and the, and the, 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 the limitlessness of that can come to all of the people. Do you still consider yourself progressive or... Has that pro- changed? Well, yeah, I am because I believe progress is possible. Okay. You know, one of the things that we often say, we say that, you know, progressives versus conservatives, and th- these are kind of antiquated concepts because conservatism comes from Europe and, you know, all of us, you know, I- I'm going to guess that three generations ago, the Greys were not, you know, the Gray family was like riffraff. <laughs> right? Still are. Yeah, yeah and, uh, still are. But, but that's the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the beautiful thing about this country is that we all just descend from ambitious riffraff. That's very different than the European conservative idea of you bend a knee to the landed gentry. No way, man. My family ran away from that. We wanted something different because they believe that progress is possible. It's free markets. It's free enterprise. It's free people. But it's based in brotherhood and solidarity and love that makes progress possible. How do you think um, millennials have been so indoctrinated, so immersed into thinking that socialism is so great? Part of it is just because that's a natural wave that comes after a financial crisis. So, you know, I'm I'm an economist and, you know, I've been looking at financial crises. They happen twice a century. They're not regular recessions. What they have in common is that they take 10 or 15 years for, for economic growth to be shared more or less equally among the population. And usually for, you know, 80% of the population gets no fruits of economic growth for at least a decade. And when that happens, you get envy, you get populism, mm. you get demagoguery, and you get it on both the right and the left. Oh, we're you, certainly you seeing that now. Yeah, you get, crummy, you get crummy political products on both the right and the left, and their whole message is this. Somebody's got your stuff, and I'm going to get it back. And who are they? They're bankers or rich people or immigrants or foreigners. And it's always snake oil. You know, yeah. these, these people don't got your stuff and they're going to get it back. We got a problem that we're trying to come back from this financial crisis to get more even economic growth. And that should be our objective. But that's always what we get. And, you know, this, this favoring socialism among young people, that's just a downstream impact of what we always see. It just seems worse this time, though. And maybe I'm just paying attention more. I, I, I don't know. But when, you're, when we start to elect uh, socialists into really prominent positions uh, in the government. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a concern to me. <laughs> and when the lead Democrat right now is an avowed socialist, it, it's it's frightening. You mean Bernie Sanders? Uh, yeah, or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. And then you've got, of course, AOC in Congress and, and several others who are pretty open about their socialist tendencies right and uh they're more bold now uh, yeah they seem bolder they Mm -hmm. seem like they're really proud of it and they're fine with it and because so many millennials are with them they don't have to fly under the radar anymore yeah they're out in the open now yeah no that's right but again this this is a huge opportunity because when it's out in the open you can deal with it you know when it's out in the open you can have a conversation about it look we're having a conversation on a national medium that tons of people are listening to about the real reason that we care about capitalism that's great because, you know, when mm-hmm. we, can, we can't deal with it when it's under the radar. The other thing that's worth keeping in mind is when you see these very, very radical voices that seem salient on the other side, almost always it's because somebody's making money. You know, there's an outrage <laughs> industrial complex in America that's getting rich and powerful and famous in politics and media on campuses that's basically saying the other side is stupid and evil. And I'm going to point to the other side 
And I'm going to take the worst examples that freak you out the most. So a lot of conservative media are blowing up the really, really socialist voices. You know, you go out to, you know, Indiana or Arizona or, you know, real America and places where there are Democrats and Republicans and they, they work together and they love each other. And that stuff's not salient. It's entertainment politics at yeah. this point. Yeah. And thank God, right? Yes. Uh, much and the more- stuff on the right, too, by the way. The stuff, the really, really populist stuff on the right, mm-hmm. that, that those of us in this room, we don't love it. Mm-hmm. We don't think it's so great. Mm-hmm. Who's blowing it up? It's all the voices on the left that want to make money by whipping up their base. It's true. More with Arthur Brooks uh, coming up. The president of the American Enterprise Institute's got a new uh, new film out called The Pursuit, and we'll show you the trailer coming up here in a minute. Uh, but first, let me tell you about uh, Home Title Lock. From time to time, they send us these uh, testimonials, these horror stories from uh, people who didn't quite enlist their help in time, like this one. Heard you warn listeners about home title theft, but I didn't think we'd be victims. Until we got a bank notice claiming we defaulted on home loans that we never took out. Some thief stole our title online, forged our signatures, stating he was the owner, then borrowed against our home and stuck us with the payments. Our identity theft protection didn't stop it. The bank said it's our problem. And insurance certainly didn't cover it, so we're spending thousands trying to get our home back. It's it's too late when this happens to you. So don't wait until it happens to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. For pennies a day, they'll, they'll put a barrier around your home's online title. That's where all our titles are stored now. That's why they're so vulnerable now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get registered to see if you've already been compromised. And when you do, you'll get a free title scan and report, which usually costs $100. They'll throw that in just for signing up. It's HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. <laughs> Unleashed. Arthur Brooks is with us. You uh, debuted the the movie last night, right? right. At the Dallas right. Film Festival. Exactly right. Uh, the Pursuit. And how, how was that received? Really well. Uh, the Pursuit is a movie we've been making over the past three years with a group in, in Austin, Texas. A, film, a filmmaker named John Popola. He's a terrific director. His group is called Emergent Order. And they make movies about different ideas. And just three years ago, we had some investors that came and said, what if you made a movie around the idea of how you lift people up around the world with the free enterprise system? I said, I can't make a movie. I'm a guy who runs a think tank. I'm president of the American Enterprise Institute. I, I can write books. I can, you know, we have scholars. We're like basically a university without students. So we went to about the top 10 filmmakers that do great work on ideas, left, right, and center, no ideological test whatsoever. And we brought them in and I asked them the same question, which is, you know, when a think tank makes a movie, why does it always suck? <laughs> Actually, that, that, I hope was, that was your first question. That was my first question. And if I didn't get an answer to that, it's like this, the question of the, uh, the conversation is going nowhere. It's a good and, question, though. Yeah, because you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I mean, they they're do. boring. Yes. And, 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 yep. and this is John Popola, the director that we went with. They look he, bad in addition to being boring. Yeah. And that makes it even well, worse. Well, it's indoctrination. He said yeah. the problem is because they're trying to make propaganda, not beauty. Mm. I was like, that's it. There you go. That's it, man. Because, you know, great. I come from the background of the arts. So I was, in, I was a professional musician for a long time. The yeah. aesthetics of stuff really matter to me a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't want propaganda. I don't want propaganda that I agree with or that I disagree with. When I turn right. on a, a documentary on Netflix, I can tell in 30 seconds if I'm being propagandized. Yeah. 
and I turn it off. And that's what everybody does. And so, and when Popola said, the problem is that idea organizations are not trying to do beautiful things. They're simply trying to indoctrinate people. I said, this is a guy who understands my heart. And that's how the film, The Pursuit was born. That's great. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I, I just want to say, I love how you stumbled into capitalism, yeah. just being stranded in India yeah. when you were younger yeah. as a traveling French horn player. Yeah, right? I know. Is that, that was where you first saw the free market yeah right? yeah no it was when i first saw the the ravages of parts of the world that didn't have the free market what was amazing to me mm. well you know look when we were kids you're younger than i am but you know when pat and i were more young kids you remember there was this horrible famine in east africa in mm. the 1970s yeah. and that's in those pictures in the national geographic that we saw you know we grew up in the united states which is you know i grew up lower middle class working class circumstances you too mm -hmm. for sure and mm -hmm. but you saw those pictures of people that were going to die you know the kid with the flies on his face and a Thundered belly, yep. and it was like, oh, yep. there was like, ah, there's nothing that can be done, and it haunted you. You know, when I was later on, Definitely. you're referring to a scene in the film yeah, where so, mm -hmm. I got stranded. I was 19 years old. I was on tour for the first time as, as a musician, and I was in in southern India because a plane broke down and it stranded me, and I was in a slum walking around and i saw kids starving to death i saw lepers i saw beggars i saw Jeez. poverty like i'd never seen before and it stayed with me for yeah. years and years and years years until i actually looked into it i said you know what's happened to the world i'm sure it's gotten worse everybody knows everybody's more hungry and capitalism has gotten made rich people richer and poor people poorer and i found this crazy fact which is those parts of the world like east africa when pat and i were kids and 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 india in the 80s when i was stuck there as a musician have gotten better. Everything is not hunky-dory, but the truth of the matter is that 80% of starvation-level poverty has been eradicated since we were kids. That's incredible. That it's sure like, is. what it's did incredible. that? And you're right. That's not the perception. No. No the perception way. is the opposite. Totally, totally. Things are not great in every way, but the world is better because people are not starving. People are earning their success. People around yeah. the world. And I said, I got to I mean, my, my vision quest for my life was to, and this is the story we tell in the movie, is how I tried to figure out what actually pulled two billion of my brothers and sisters out of poverty. Because, man, that's why I walk the earth. Mm -hmm. I walk the earth to, to try to bring people together and to lift them up. And, and if I can actually find that there was this thing working while I slept or when I grew up, when I was pursuing my life, that this was actually working, I got to figure out why. Because if I can figure out what did that, then maybe we can get the next two billion. I love it. Be nice. It would be. Uh, it it's would what be we're nice. supposed to do. It's yes. what we're supposed to do. Yes, it is. Uh, let's take a look at the trailer for The Pursuit. And uh, here, here's here's what you've got to look forward to on Netflix. We're on a windy road in the Himalayan foothills. This road is made for one and a quarter cars. I mean, these guys are professionals, but then you notice that there's a burned out hull of a car <laughs> off the side, all the way down to the bottom of the cliff. You think, yeah, it's good till it's not. Arthur Brooks, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. It's an honor to be here and with all of you. What's this former professor of the French horn up to? I've spent the last 20 years as a professor and head of a think tank in Washington, D.C., working to improve public policy for human welfare. I'll hold on to your heart there, Arthur. <laughs> the reason I came into the free enterprise movement is because poverty is the thing I care about the most. In Western world, they think slum. It's not a slum, it's a, it's a hub of industries. Since 1970, two billion people around the world have lifted themselves out of extreme poverty. What did that? I, I don't argue that the market's always perfect. What is ever always perfect? 
Is there something that Denmark can teach America? A lot of people in the United States say, this is the modern Shangri-La. This is an opportunity, and you got to make the most of it. As my granny would say, you robbed Peter to pay Paul. I'm a working man, and I'm not going back to prison. People across the political spectrum in the wealthiest countries in the world are increasingly turning against the very system that's lifted us out of poverty. 51% of people between 18 and 29 no longer support the system of capitalism. The backbone of the United States is people who believe that progress is possible. Morals always must come before markets. People matter the most. You are showing genuine interest, not only money matter, but more wider perspective. I really very much appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Your Holiness. The pursuit, so important, so timely. Um, I love the shot of you with the Dalai Lama. I'm yeah. guessing he's, has he, uh, is he a capitalist? It's funny, he doesn't identify really That's as, what I as, as, as a capitalist. I mean, he, yeah. well, he's a Buddhist. He, right. he's, a, he's a Buddhist monk. And, and he, what he wants is compassion and, and progress for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And the ideas of capitalism, these are sort of newfangled things. For, you know, it would be weird for a Tibetan Buddhist to come out and say, I'm a capitalist. You know, that would be, <laughs> yes. be a pretty bold statement. But I've been working with him for six or seven years now. What a beautiful friendship and mentorship it's been. I've learned so really? much. Oh, it's, it's really, really helped my heart. We've written together. And, and it's funny, you know, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And, you know, I'm not a Marxist. I'm a capitalist. But he <laughs> wants to work with everybody. He wants everybody to be better off. He wants everybody to have love and, and possibility in their lives. The, the other big religious leader that comes to mind who doesn't seem to be a capitalist is the Pope. Yeah. Um, have you met with him? Have you? Uh, I've not. I don't know the not. Pope. I've, I met the, the, the last <clears throat> Pope. I met Pope Benedict. And, and, I'm, and I am a, a practicing Catholic. My Catholic faith is at the center of my life. And, and so I does you know, he seem he's, he more seems, friendly to socialism to you as well or he seems quite Argentine and you know and so yes. you know it's South, in South America <laughs> yeah. it's a different it's a very different <clears throat> culture and part of the reason <clears throat> for that is in South America that what they call capitalism is this is wicked cronyism I mean it's just people who've been a right. small minority that's had all the goods and so our, our concept in the United States is so different of it you know they're People don't go to Argentina from the margins of society so they can get their big break, which is why everybody still wants to come to America. So when you get an Argentine pope or practically any from somebody from South America, they they just they have a completely different concept of it. So we let's put it this way, Pat: we still have work to do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've kind of noticed that. Um, how how do we get beyond the perception from the left that uh, capitalists and conservatives? don't care about the poor that yeah. all we care about is ourselves all, all we care about is uh getting richer and and leaving people behind and it's it's just not true how do you change that perception the best single way for us to change that perception is to make it not true and the best way that we can make it not true is by committing ourselves to our brothers and sisters 
So those of us who say, yeah, I'm on the political right, I'm, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, whatever, that we make sure that the first thing that comes out of our mouth is not something that's self-absorbed, that's self-interested, that's hateful, that's, that, that, that marginalizes people, marginalizes people, but really comes from the expansiveness that, that, that is in our hearts. So the first thing that people hear from us is how we want to bring people together, how we want to lift people up. The, mm-hmm. the greatest enemy uh, of our cause as, as people who are on the political right is, is us, quite frankly. And, and that's not unique to conservatives. The biggest enemy of you know, liberal ideology is liberals. It's, you know, this is the problem. People who are highly ideological don't do themselves any services. So we want to bring, you know, a better concept of conservatism to conservatives in America. It starts with us. It starts with us just blowing people's minds, going where we're not invited, saying things that people don't expect, listening with love to other people and remembering that everybody's our brother and sister. Yeah, but I like heard them. Have you really heard them? I've got it, man. I've got it. No, I've heard it. I've heard it. But again, every time somebody treats you with contempt, I have this new book out called uh, called Love Your Enemies. It came out one month ago, and it blows my mind. A book called Love Your Enemies, how America, how decent Americans can bring us back together from the culture of contempt. It's on the bestseller list. Awesome. You can write mm. love your enemies people and have people. It. It's and yeah, people, people are, are hungry for it. Yes. for it. So the point, the point I'm trying to make is for everybody watching us, whether they're right, left, or center. When somebody treats you with contempt, which if you're on Twitter will be the next 20 seconds, <laughs> and if and if you talk about yep. politics, will surely come soon. Yes. That is your opportunity because when you answer contempt with warm heartedness, when you answer hate with love, you change your own heart. You're happier. You have a fighting chance of being persuasive because you, we're not persuading anybody in this country. Right. So if you answer hatred with love, you'll be persuasive persuasive you'll be happier you might change somebody else's heart and you'll unify the country a little bit there's nothing to lose strangely somebody said that about two thousand years ago as well (laughs) didn't turn uh, out so great for him i know (laughs) (laughs) but changed the world sure did here's the funniest thing though you know when i write a book called love your enemies and i'm on a really a lot you know secular college campuses and i'm talking and you know i've done dozens and dozens of speeches on it in the last month and a lot of people who are very secular will say man that's a really clever title (laughs) (laughs) isn't it amazing how this is all going on when we have such a uh glaring example of failure from other systems in venezuela yeah i mean as venezuela is completely falling apart at the seams and imploding because of socialism People are uh, glorifying socialism in this country. It's amazing yeah. to me. It's, it's, but it is a small minority. Yeah, but it's almost like the leading talking point, and you address yeah. this in the film when you go to Denmark, yeah. is that yeah. the leading reply when right. you start trying to promote capitalism with a young person is, well, oh, look at the Nordic countries. I mean, yeah. uh, socialism's working over there, but you you make it clear that that's not what's happening. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so we go, in the movie, and this is one of the really revelatory things for me in making this movie, we spent a bunch of time in Denmark. And it's just kind of a, a weird connection. My, my, my grandparents were Danish and they would talk about you know, why they basically, why the family left because it was terrible mm-hmm. because, you know, they were the wrong religion and they were poor and they were orphans and they had a first grade education. Yeah. Like they were getting right. out of Dodge at the dead of night. Right. And it's like, okay. So, well, but when we go there, we go there with an open mind because we talk to democratic socialists in this country who, by the way, when you talk to actual democratic socialists, they're awesome people. They really, really want to help others. The, the problem is that we have different concepts of how to help others. And they're like, go to Denmark and look. And so we go and so what we realize is it is an awesome place, but there's like five people. Right? <laughs> that's and right. And it's not going to work yeah, in the United States. It's completely different than and here. And we're oddballs here, are, and that's when, our point. When does the movie hit uh, Netflix real the, quick? We're the mo- movie will be on Netflix in August, August and on platforms near everybody. The Pursuit. The Pursuit.